0: Friends, welcome to episode two of Just Food PDX, the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And for all those who have left reviews or shared the podcast with others, I just want to give you a special shout out. Thank you so much for your support. This week, I am so excited because I got to have a conversation with Michael Casper, the founder of Milk Crate Kitchen, a nonprofit here in Portland that was born out of the pandemic that is committed to feeding families for free. As we're recording this episode, Milk Crate Kitchen has fed over 7,000 people throughout Portland, pretty much solely relying on social media to spread the word. To learn more about Milk Crate Kitchen and what they do for the community and how you can help, you can go to milkcratekitchen.com or check them out at milkcratekitchenpdx on Instagram. Here is my conversation with Michael
1: Casper. For the majority of my teenage years and then in my 20s, I was in customer service and then in corporate management. Um, so I kind of just did that kind of thing. You know, I didn't I went to college for a couple of years, but didn't really do anything. Um, and then when the stock market dropped and the late 2009 yeah. and stuff like that, um, I was like, go for my job. And I was like needing a change. Yeah. And I've always been passionate about food. I always love to cook. Um, it runs in my family, being from the South, you know, around big tables and eating <laughs> with everybody. So um, I was like, I'm going to try this out. Um, so I got a job as a short order cook and worked it for a year and was like, yeah, I can do this. And then I tried to get a job in, uh, in downtown. I wanted to become a good chef or something like that. Okay. So I had this ambitious dream <laughs> of what I wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, I got a dishwasher position at 31 years old Yep. and I was like, I can't do this, <laughs> you know, not dishwasher. Yeah. So I went to culinary school at Oregon Culinary Institute and then, uh, you know, just worked twice as hard. You know, I realized that going into the industry at 32, that being surrounded by a bunch of 20-somethings, you know, they have drive and ambitious and energy that I don't have at that moment. But what I do have is just the focus on it. So I worked two jobs for like five years. Wow. And just like cut my teeth in this ki- in this city, you know. That's amazing. Trying to work at different places, doing different things and trying to become a well-rounded person uh, as far as kitchens go. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of where I'm at now.
0: That's, I mean, yeah, it seems like you're very well-rounded and a very hard worker, obviously.
1: Well, I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I try to be, you know, I try to be focused on, on the goals that are in front of me, so. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, you said you're from the South? I am. Where I am. in the South?
1: Well, my entire mom's side of the family was born in New Orleans. Oh, And wow. so, like, they've all stayed close to there. Uh, some of them are in New Orleans, some of them are in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. Um, but I moved around a lot as a kid, so I've been... I did elementary school in Cali- Southern California. I did uh, junior high in Denver, Colorado, outside of Denver, and I did high school in Alabama. Wow! Yeah. So, wow, yeah. that's a lot. So <laughs>
0: wait, is. how did you get to Portland?
1: Um, followed a girl and a dog. Yes. Yep. As yep. you do. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, still friends with the girl. Unfortunately, the dog is no longer oh, with I'm us. Sorry. You know, rest in peace, Lefty. You yep, know, but lefty. he's he's good. <laughs> he's good. But uh, no, I uh. Moved I moved from Alabama in 2006 and I just needed a change mm-hmm. and so just sight unseen uh, Moved to Portland Wow and uh, came up here and haven't left Wow it's,
0: and I'm sure it's changed completely from when oh, you were here in 2006. Man. So
1: crazy <laughs> I mean like at that point the Pearl District was just coming up It wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah, you know things have changed so much I totally. mean all the way through there's been a a renaissance of Portland and then Portlandia happened and then you know, I, I think we're getting back into that neighborhood feel, but mm-hmm. yeah, a lot has changed in the past 15 years. Totally. The neighborhood atmosphere yeah. has really taken hold, especially over the last year Yeah, as people have been focusing, knowing what they can do in their own local neighborhood and also focusing on the city, Yeah, um, which I think has been very good for the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we're all focusing on the small little things that are happening around us that we can make a direct impact on.
0: Yeah that's so. really true and so i guess that brings us into how you started milk Creek uh, kitchen
1: yeah so um like everybody else at the end of 2019 we had no idea what was going on and at that point i had uh, purchased tickets to go to southeast asia i wanted to get out of the country it was the first time crossing an ocean And I was so excited. I was gonna spend three weeks going all the way through like Korea, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. I
0: can feel where this is going.
1: So yeah, (laughs) you can kind of see. So that happened in 2019. I was stoked, man. I saved a bunch of money. And Mm -hmm. you know, March happened, March 14th, you know, everybody started figuring out what the hell was going on. And then soon after that, you know, the world stopped, you know, and uh, At that moment, I was still working in a restaurant I was working at Tualatin Country Club and you know, we had a huge walk in and we were closing down for weeks. We didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. So we had all this produce and all this meat and everything that was in there. And so my first thought was, let's take care of our family. So we took care of everybody in the kitchen, you know, front of house. We were like, hey, you know, groceries are hard to find right now. Take what you need. Take what we can. We froze what we could packaged Mm -hmm. what we could. But, you know, all the first stuff that was going to go, we just got rid of. And we still had a leftovers. So I loaded up my car and just drove around the city and went to all my friends. Wow. And I was just like, here. Here's cabbage and tomatoes and carrots. This is stuff that's going to go to waste in the next couple of days. But you guys can use it. And I know the grocery stores are like that. Mm-hmm. And then we all learned how to bake bread. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? And, and all those different things. To try to find an outlet for what was going on. Yeah. Like we were trying to find something to fill our time. Because we were so used to working. You know, spending 40 hours a day doing something that we really probably didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, and I still had that drive to continue to do something. Mm-hmm. And the grocery stores were running out of food. And things were getting really bad and scary. I mean, toilet paper was m- p- more expensive than gold. <laughs> so. <laughs> I <that's>, remember. <laughs> yeah. And so I just had all this energy from not being able to go on my trip. And I mm. needed some place to put it yeah and so my grandma always said if you don't know what to do do what you know and so i know how to cook and so i called six friends and i was like what are you guys eating tonight?" and they're like ah we haven't figured it out yet and i'm like don't worry about it i got you so i made meat for six families wow and i was like man that felt really good you know they were saying thank you for this you didn't want to eat or you know struggling at this moment in time and so then i opened it up to like just my instagram followers just like hey I did this last week. If anybody else is interested, let me know. Mm-hmm. 20 families took me up the second week. Wow. And then the third week, did it again. I was just like, let's let's just keep it going. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it went from 6 to 12 to 20 to like 42 wow. on the fourth week. And at that moment, I was like just caught up in my own feelings, in my own emotions. Like on that fourth week, I was supposed to be... I think it was in Chiang Mai at an elephant preserve Mm. or something like that, you know, a sanctuary for elephants. And I was like sitting in my kitchen cooking a big batch of something. I don't remember what it was. Probably my grandma's tomato gravy. Um, And just kind of like looking at it, my roommates, my housemates, uh, my friends, Natalie and Grant, they were like, you know, this could be something. Let's try to turn it into something so that's where milk crate kitchen came from i was outside sitting on a milk crate smoking a cigarette trying to figure out what the next step was what the next meal was and then just turned it into that and that was in may of last year um now we're in what 18 months later yeah something like that last week i passed out 45 family meals yeah uh each meal feeds four uh brings the total to like 1790 something wow family meals
0: Wow. Which is, I mean, what is that times four? I'm trying to think. it's um, <laughs> <That's> a lot. <laughs> it's
1: like 6,800 people.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: All fed the majority of them out of my kitchen in my house. Wow. Uh, as of recently, I've been in a commissary kitchen, mm-hmm. but it's really just to, like, I opened it up because there was a, a part of the market that wasn't a hit. In the beginning, it was people that didn't have unemployment nobody could get it mm. it was the things were yeah yeah, yeah. nobody could get oh, unemployment I forgot about that. yeah grocery stores were running out of food yep. nobody could get unemployment nobody had money people were worried about that kind of stuff and all of my restaurant suppliers were sitting on warehouses of food yeah and they oh, were just man. like we can't get rid of this chicken and I'm like okay I'm doing chicken and dumplings wow I'll get it for 25 cents a pound because you're gonna this is gonna spoil wow or whatever it is it's changed a lot since the very beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah, mean like course. you know i yeah, always sure. say when i meet with other uh, mutual aid and non is uh, let's talk about our successes and the challenges that we've overcome mm-hmm. so finding like packaging how are you going to distribute it yeah. how are you going to get the information to the people yeah. how are you going to distribute it like like what's going to happen yeah like, it's
0: a lot of logistical stuff that stuff is that i never even one imagined. yeah cooking out of your kitchen <laughs> oh. must be just
1: well, you know, what's funny is I, in, even in the beginning, I've always said we, mm-hmm. um, because it is a community. Yeah. Like I only have a small reach. I I am anti-social <laughs> and I have <laughs> a small group of friends yeah. and I work a lot. So yeah. like my, my circle is very small, but when I put it out there for the community, like five people share, 10 people share, then now 55 people share the story. Yeah. And so that's 55 different circles that I don't have access to. That now Milk Crate Kitchen is either touched or or shown up for or helped out or been a recipient of donations mm-hmm. or volunteers. So it just continues to expand over and over again, which is absolutely amazing to see. Something that I never even imagined would happen.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's really incredible seeing how I saw your um was it kgw story yeah
1: yeah kgw kgw yeah
0: i watched that and i was just i mean i didn't know all those things and i've been following you on instagram for a while now and you know seeing what you're doing and and just i mean your story blew me away in that you are literally just one person and you are just seeking out how to help people in the way that you know how yeah. and how how much impact you've had just by just by doing the thing that you know
1: well you know i i appreciate that i always have a hard time accepting sure. stuff like that but you know it's i get messages weekly from families of yeah. one sort or another um oh. or like i just it's it's crazy how like i don't know somebody that's been touched by this i've delivered meals to people i mean i uh, out of the, all the meals that I've delivered, I probably met a handful of them. Mm. So it's all non-contact. It's yeah. all delivered to the door. I don't don't know their faces, don't yeah. know their names. Most of them I just know by their Instagram <laughs> handles, which is crazy. I mean, like that's that's, that's so the weirdest funny. thing. Is it so. Um, but you get these, you get the feedback, and you understand what's happening, and it's it's really humbling experience. Yeah. Um, and it drives me every week to continue to do it. It's one of those things that it's not a responsibility, but it's like. If I didn't do it, what would happen? yeah like exactly. like and why, why can't I continue? I may not be able to do it every week, you know, like I, there are limitations for myself, but if I'm capable of doing it, I should do it. that's mm-hmm. how I feel and uh and that's driven me for the past you know over a year, and uh it has been for the longest time a one man operation like yeah. I, I I didn't know how to accept volunteers, I didn't know how to to do that I, and I was unemployed I had a lot Mm -hmm. of time on my hands so it's like sure I'll spend 13 hours cooking a day you know that's not that big of a deal to me because like sure I'll take over the kitchen I'm sure my housemates hated it (laughs) but but, (laughs) you know but they were very very kind and like when I needed help as far as like deliveries friends stepped up Mm -hmm. um in the beginning and 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 helped out with that so it's still it's still a wee yeah Mm -hmm. I I put in long hours on the Thursdays Fridays and Saturdays because like I purchased everything on Thursday. Hmm. I cooked everything on Friday and packaged on Friday night and then delivered all day Saturday. Yeah. And now that I'm working full time, it's OK, let's compact that down even further. Wow. You know, let's let's package, uh, you know, after my shift or let's cook before my shift, go to work and then let's go to a package after mm-hmm. my shift and then get up the next morning and then deliver.
0: Wow. And so, OK, so you started when did you start working full time again?
1: Um, at the beginning of July wow. as I went back. Wow. so last th- july or this no th- this july oh okay. yeah no i worked i worked well see i got laid off in march and then i went back to work in like may mm-hmm. and then i worked from may till the beginning of august of last year mm-hmm. and then got laid off again yeah. uh took a couple of small jobs here and there mm-hmm. but then got laid off again with the next round of shutdowns and stuff yeah. and you know I kept focusing on just keeping to feed families. And uh, what I really wanted to do is my ultimate end goal, the shoot for the moon goal, is to get a food truck from Milk, milk Creek Kitchen.
0: Oh, cool. So
1: it's a nonprofit run food truck yeah. that I can park in a food pot and I can cook for people. And they know that the money that they're putting towards the sandwiches that they get or stuff like that then goes back to the community. Doesn't need to lie in my pocket. I would like to be able to pay myself, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, I'd like to be (laughs) able to do that. I would like you to be able (laughs) to pay yourself too. But, but if, if I can make it a fully sustainable run, nonprofit business Mm -hmm. that continues to feed the families and then find out other ways to branch out Mm -hmm. that way, uh, that's, that's the ultimate goal. That way I can continue to try to feed seven days a week instead of just feeding one day a week. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know set up a team that's all driven there's this huge huge desire by people to be able to help out their community mm-hmm. I, it's one thing that i've noticed is that like people want to do something they just don't know what to do Yeah, and they're willing to help i've had people offer like i don't know how to cook but if you come in i'll, I'll do whatever you need me mm-hmm. to do and i'm like i'd love it yeah. yeah come on in yeah it's not hard I'm like, I don't do, <laughs> like, we're not trying to do, like, five-star Michelin. you You're know not five, using tweezers. No, like. <laughs> no, no. Like, like a lot of the stuff that I do is on the fly. Yeah. Like, today's menu, I woke up, and I was like, man, I'm hungry for Mediterranean food. So, this week, I'm putting out beef Kafka. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do, you that's know, and great. then I'm sourcing the ingredients and trying to utilize what I can get from the community that's like, man, I'm sitting on 25 pounds of brown rice Mm. and I don't know what to do with. And I'm like, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. How do you source your ingredients?
1: Well, that's, man, I'm glad you asked. I, uh, I go from many different places. Mm. So um, I'm in connection with multiple organizations in Portland, uh, like Clackamas Service Center and Blanchett House downtown. Awesome. And, and then there's also the mutual aid programs and other nonprofits like Meals on Us and and Our Streets and Nana Cardoon mm-hmm. that goes around and they source or they have, they find abundance of ingredients and they say restaurants that don't need it or they were shipped the wrong thing through Instacart or a pallet's dropped off that mm-hmm. they don't have like amazon produces enough watermelon to be able to fill the shot the shelves and yeah. stuff and then they don't sell so they have like two days left and it gets donated got it so there's all these resources that i go to like tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays before i start cooking to try to get the ingredients that i need wow. and if i'm able to freeze stuff like protein i take what i can i put it in the freezer that i have that i rent out and um, put it in there and then just try to get as much as I can for free. Yeah. And then after that, I'm going to the local stores. You wow. know, if I can go to a local market before any place else, that's where I'm going to go. Cause mm-hmm. I want to keep the money in Portland. So I hit all the local places on 82nd, like Fubon and H oh, and, and, awesome. and Mart and, and, um, SF market and, you know, just all the different places like that and hung fat. And, mm-hmm. and, and if I have to go to a chain, I go to Winco cause mm-hmm. you know, it's a Northwest company. Yeah. Um, If uh, I go to Cash and Carry or Chef's Store, whatever, whatever it it is, is, it's yeah, it's all part of (laughs) U.S. Foods now. So I go there when I need uh, certain ingredients in bulk that you know I can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper to get a big gallon of sunball there than it is to get anywhere else. That's true. You know, it's one of those things. I just try to keep the cost low because I know that each dollar that's donated. I want to stretch it as much as possible Mm -hmm. so
0: and so is all of your money right now going just towards ingredients and the commissary kitchen
1: uh actually any donation that comes to me only goes towards ingredients
0: wow i
1: pay for the commissary kitchen out of my pocket wow Uh, like so i've run pop-ups in the past Mm -hmm. to try to save up money for the food cart um and then it became apparent that it was it would have taken too long for me to be able to do that so i took that extra money that I made from those pop ups, and then I'm using that to pay for the commissary kitchen. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, and was like, if you would have taken all of your stimuluses and all the money that you've put into it, like, w- could you have bought a food card? And I was like, yeah, I could have. Wow. You know, so, uh, but, that's, you know,
0: I mean, it's, yeah, <coughs> I know you don't, <laughs> you're like, I'm not here for the praise, but I'm just, yeah, that's incredible.
1: Oh, well, you know, it's, well worth it like yeah i was able to meet my bills and to be able to survive on my unemployment and so those extra weekly checks that i got from the government i was like okay that's going towards families wow. let's put that towards their uh, my stimulus checks so i was like okay yep yeah, I, I i have some debt but you know what let's invest this and turn it into a nonprofit. profit let's take this and let's put it towards this let's I mean, that's what happened with my trip fund. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I put that all towards it in the very beginning. I needed Man. supplies. I needed pots and pans. I needed, you know, when you, it's different cooking spaghetti for five people to <laughs> cooking spaghetti for <laughs> 120, mm-hmm. you know, in your house. So it's like, you need a big pot. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's got to come from somewhere. Wow.
0: It's not everybody that will take the money that they have and the time that they have and just give it all to people in need and this was something that i was really blown away by um with milk crate kitchen's story and and casper's story so when i asked him what made him choose to radically give to the community in this way um this was his answer
1: it's morphed a lot from the very beginning yeah like in the very beginning it truly was like trying to process my own Hmm. stuff Mm-hmm. Like, I baked bread one time and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. You know, like, <laughs> and and you go through and I started making ice cream and I was like, okay, that's cool. And I did a lot of jamming and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. like, it was, it gave me repetition. It gave me a schedule hmm. that I was desperately seeking. Yeah. um, Gave me an outlet for the emotional issues that I was dealing with at that moment. The mental health that I was trying to process of losing a trip and Mm. seeing people you know being scared like it took us six months to figure out how to wash our hands and I'm like I'm like so I mean it was just I'm just trying to deal with all that and being so far away from family you know at that moment it was like true isolation Mm -hmm. and for the first like month like because I lived by myself and I was like okay you know and so I was just trying to take care of things like that Um, and then it really just became that I saw that there was a need Mm since i knew that there was a need i wanted to continue to do it Mm -hmm. like it was one of those things where it it went from like so big it went to like 52 and then it dropped down to like 10 for Mm -hmm. a while and then six families and then 12 and then 10 and then five and then you know it kind of just kind of petered for a little bit and i was realizing that i wasn't putting forth enough energy to see if there was a bigger reach Mm -hmm. of people Mm -hmm. um and so i started pushing like doing hard on social media it took me a week to figure out on the YouTube to figure out how to do Instagram <laughs> properly yes <laughs> you know like it's like how to actually grow a following and to build a base because I knew if I'm getting 10 and not even trying if I actually try to put the message out there what can happen from it mm-hmm. like
0: as Casper got better at social media and started putting more time into his online presence logistical issues came to the forefront as a one-man show, cooking and hand-delivering food to ten families is a lot different than for fifty families. He ended up moving to a more takeout-style meal, um, allowing families to reheat the food. Um, but that wasn't the only issue. As the holidays rolled around, Milk Crate Kitchen offered full holiday meals to families, and I barely cooked half of a, a holiday meal this last year for just four people, and it was miserable. And Everything was late, and everyone was hungry. So I can't even imagine cooking for 24 families. This is how it went.
1: For when I did the holiday meal, I was giving half of a turkey, a quarter of a ham, uh, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, cornbread dressing, wow, um, and some cranberry sauce. So I cooked 12 turkeys. Oh my gosh. So I had to call in a favor at my old work and was like, I need to come in and use your oven. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say twelve
0: <laughs> turkeys in one oven. That sounds it, uh, That nightmare-ish. would have been
1: three and a half days. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's like, but you know, in an industrial kitchen, mm-hmm. you can push that out in about five hours. Wow. Wow. So it's like, it, it, it just is having to think on your feet. Even let's just go back, uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, the KGW story. Uh-huh. All right. So let's, let's talk about that. There's some behind the scenes <laughs> stuff for you.
0: For those of you that don't know, Milk Crate Kitchen was highlighted on KGW recently, and I will have a link to that spotlight in the show notes.
1: So, I didn't properly count the amount of tortillas okay. that were needed to make the enchila- lasagna or enchilagna or whatever it is. Yes. Okay. So, and what <laughs> happened is, again, I purchased all my ingredients on Thursday. So, I counted and I looked at the number and it was like 31 or, or it was like 31 on Thursday. And I was like, okay. So I purchased a little bit for overage. At that point in time, when I came back on Friday to start doing everything, it was in the 40s. I didn't realize that I didn't have enough tortillas <laughs> till about one in the morning. Oh,
0: no. One yeah. in the morning on the oh, night you're cooking?
1: On the night I'm cooking. <gasps> oh my Halfway gosh. through the prep, already going through, because I'm just dipping tortillas into enchilada mm-hmm. sauce and laying it out. Me and Sherilyn are. Um, Sherilyn from Piffin PDX. So that's a shout out for you. But, uh. <laughs> Uh, and I just look at her and I'm like, we're screwed. Like, Ugh. and she's like, well, what are we going to do? KGW is outside. And I'm like, I got to go to Winco." <laughs> you know, Winco's is <laughs> the only store open at 24, 24 hours. Yep. I got to be at work in eight hours. Like Man. it's one in the morning. I got to, wait. I got to start delivering at eight o'clock. I got to be at work at noon. So let's, I like, and she's like, okay, we're going to Winco." Wow. We just hopped in the car and drove to Winco. Closest to Winco was in Happy Valley.
0: No way. Yeah,
1: because it's the only one open. The ones on 122nd and 102nd, they were closed. They closed at midnight. Man. So I was already, so it's like, okay, drive down to Winco, <laughs> get your tortillas, <laughs> get a thing of sweet tea, <laughs> yeah. go back, and pound out the next hour, wow. get done in the kitchen at 2, 2.30, wake up at 7, meet KGW, start delivering deliveries, meet my delivery drivers, and then go to work right after that. Wow. So it's like every week there's a logistical thing that some overlooking or some unexpected or, and, uh, my dad has a statement that he got from the Marine Corps, which is, uh, being flexible is too rigid. You have to be fluid. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's something that has been true (laughs) about (laughs) this entire experience (laughs) all the way through. It's like, no matter what it is, no matter how well I plan something out, sauce gets burnt or something doesn't keep overnight the Mm. way that I expect it Mm -hmm. to or I forget something or I didn't count properly whatever it may be sure you know so you just gotta kind of power through it and just be like this you know it just like in a restaurant nobody cares what happens in the back (laughs) as long as it's on the plate and it's out (laughs) in front of a customer that's all that matters
0: yeah that's so that's incredible um and thank god for winco being open 24 <laughs>
1: hours a day <laughs> True. i mean like <laughs> yeah that's, a, and 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 the, for winco this is like keeping cost low mm-hmm. like they have a bulk section yep so staying flexible with what you're trying to use so like i got donated uh 25 pounds of ground beef and part of the beef kafka for this week um all of my seasoning is going to come from winco because they have a bulk section yep. i'll be able to get all the seasoning for for like four and a half dollars Whereas if I were to buy jars of it, it's $5 a jar. Exactly. So it's knowing those small little tricks Mm -hmm. that I can use to keep costs down. And then if I take that extra energy and that extra time, the. $20 $20 that I get from somebody in Alabama or the $15 that I get from somebody in Colorado, you know, yeah. it goes much longer. For the longest time, it was a one-man operation. So I've figured out how to do the PayPal and the Venmo Great. and the Cash App. Great. Yeah, so they're all under Milk Crate Kitchen PDX. Awesome. Um, it, it all goes towards purchasing ingredients. Um, it's been fueled by the community mm-hmm. since about... December and January is when uh, is when like I I've I've still put money in especially setting up the nonprofit and you know obviously paying for the commissary kitchen but Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate with the, the spotlight that's been given by by different organizations that have like shown and then that's helped push out and continue to feed families
0: one of the cool things about milk crate kitchen is there's not a lot of red tape in order to receive a free meal um, because it's all kind of generated on social media, the process for getting a free meal is really, really simple. If you or somebody you know is looking for one of those meals, um, you can go to Instagram and find Milk Crate Kitchen PDX and click the link in their bio and that will bring you to a form where you just request and fill out a little bit of information to um, allow them to basically deliver it to you. Um, No questions asked. It's really just delivery information. So if that's something you're interested in, please do check them out and spread the word. But here is where we talk a little bit more about the logistics of how that all works.
1: You don't need to have food stamps to need help. You don't need to have... I don't care about economic situations. I don't care why you're asking for a meal. I've, I've delivered to teachers that were teaching you know everybody's kids and then had to stay home and teach their kids Mm -hmm. I've delivered to tattoo artists when nobody could open up shops I've delivered to single mothers I've delivered to elderly I've delivered to new families you know that just had a baby and they're like I don't know how to change a diaper Mm -hmm. and I'm like here (laughs) let me feed you for a weekend and then you don't have to worry about that part you have something that you can eat you know it's just anybody that needs a meal that. I don't ask those questions because yeah. it's not important to me. It may be the one meal that they eat that week that's not ramen, mm. or it may be the one meal that they have that they have enough food for them and their family. Yeah. You know, it'll give them an opportunity to sit down at the table one time in mm-hmm. a week to be able to ask their kids or their family, How are you doing? Yeah. You know,
0: I really wanted to know what Casper's plans for Milk Crate Kitchen are in the future. Um, I know that he has a lot on his plate at the moment, so he doesn't necessarily have a ton of time to reflect on that. But I was really curious to hear what his thoughts are for the future of Milk Crate Kitchen in Portland. This is what he
1: told me. If I plan for today and prepare for today and get everything I need to to get done today, then tomorrow will be easier. Mm -hmm. And on my plate is a lot. So that's the biggest focus is making sure that I have it. So, um i i have a monday i have a i have a regiment monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday that's kind of how it works yep um so that's my short term is just getting through this week Mm -hmm. um a long term making sure that i'm open to receiving more volunteers Mm. to be able to take some of the weight off of me like for the longest time i've been doing it by myself and just recently i've started taking volunteers and it's been outstanding (laughs) let me just tell you like (laughs) like last week there was a problem at work um, and I needed to cover a shift which took away my delivery time on Saturday Mm -hmm. the community stepped up I had five people step up and say we got this and they delivered everything it's the first time in 18 months 16 months that I haven't had to deliver a meal wow and I can't tell you how how much of a, a blessing it was to feel the support of the community and that and like not only did they come in they came in strong and these are people that like, I don't even know Like, I've met them a couple of times or uh, Developed a relationship over several weeks mm-hmm. of them helping out and have grown to like trust them Like and that's something that's hard for me to do to let go especially since I've been doing it for so long sure. But man, it felt so good to be able to do it. It I was bet. like um so accepting more volunteers and, and figuring out logistically, mm-hmm. uh, I need to figure out a link tree. I don't know how to do the link tree yet, <laughs> but I'll, I'll figure that out. Yeah. yeah I yeah. might
0: be able to help you oh, with that. Oh, well, yeah.
1: maybe I'll, I'll take <laughs> you up on that. I, I, I am technologically challenged. <laughs> and so like I, uh, everything like I, I do all the social media, I do all the, mm-hmm. if you message milk crate kitchen, you're talking directly to me. Yep. So it's, uh, taking volunteers to help take some of those things off. Um, And that way I can focus not only on my job, but also focusing on the bigger picture of Milk Crate Kitchen. I always want to be in the kitchen. I always want to be cooking. I want to be taking care of that stuff. If I could take some of that stuff off, other stuff off my plate, that's Mm -hmm. even better. Yeah. And then long-term is how to make it viable. Like, Mm -hmm. how to keep it going so that way it's something that can continue. Yeah. Like, if I have to take a couple of days off, it still continues. Like, there's, I have a team around me that's, you know, either fully stocked with volunteers or, you know, if I'm able to secure grants or something like that, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do, I don't want to be forced to do something with Milk Crate Kitchen because that's not like, that's not kind of my style, Mm -hmm. but I want it to be viable and I want to try to figure out how to do that. So
0: It's very clear that you spend a ton of time working on Milk Crate Kitchen and you have a full-time job. How many hours a week do you estimate you spend... On milk crate kitchen
1: previously to accepting volunteers a few months ago I mean I was putting in like 50 or 60 hours yeah between social media and background stuff purchasing ingredients mm-hmm. cooking delivery driving um, like I deliver for like 12 to 16 hours on Saturday and Sundays mm-hmm. I, you know cook for 13 hours on Fridays p- purchase everything on Thursdays and Wednesdays uh, so I mean it's a full-time job as far yeah. as that yeah so it
0: seems like it yeah yeah, that yeah blows me away. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I can't
1: for, imagine. I, I, fe- I forgot what sleeps like.
0: I was gonna ask, like, okay, how many hours do you think you sleep a night? About two to three hours. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I I'm amazed. <laughs>
1: uh, a sweet tea is the way of life. Yeah. <laughs> for those
0: of you listening, he has an entire pitcher of Gold Peak sweet tea caffeine and sugar keeping them going mm, it's
1: water plus <laughs> <laughs> so That's
0: amazing it's healthy
1: it is yeah yeah it's, it's water plus everything else yeah.
0: on top of running milk crate kitchen casper is a chef and he is um, very passionate about cooking and ultimately uh, i had to ask him a bit more about just his general cooking inspiration in portland what what is the thing you love to cook
1: oh man i love comfort food i mean like honestly that's my that's that's my jam i love i love southern comfort food i mean because that's uh, growing up looking over my grandmother's shoulder and my mom's shoulder you know that's that's always the way that it has always been for me so southern food's my my heart but comfort food i like taking food that is for regular people Mm -hmm. or know the cheap ingredients that everybody had as, has access to mm-hmm. and then how that's turned into something so flavorful mm. and so brilliant you know that it's it's amazing so i mean i d- it, and it can go from any kind of cuisine all the way across but yeah. for me it's southern like i i love grits i love gumbo yes i love etouffee <laughs> i know etouffee is a, a luxury adding, <laughs> but i you know it's yeah
0: that's great do you have any favorite restaurants or anything in Portland that you're, I'm clearly you don't have a ton of time to
1: like <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, go to
0: restaurants, but
1: no, I, you know, there's, there's been quite a few chefs that I look up to as far as like lineages in, in mm-hmm. Portland and where they come from. And as far as restaurants go, man, I love our food cart scene. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. It is when I first came out here, I was like, this is so cool. Like, and this was 15 years ago. It's just small. Like, yeah. there was only a couple of them. There wasn't the pods that we have now. But now it's like you get it's as a. Okay, this is the best way to describe it. As <laughs> a child, I used to walk around the mall with my mom, and then we would go into the food court. Mm-hmm. And that was like awesome because they would <laughs> give you samples. Like, you get a little bit of chicken here, you get a little bit of this here, you know, and you get to choose which place you want to go eat at. And now, as an adult, you can kind of walk through these food carts, and in one place, there's a sushi burrito. And mm-hmm. on the other place, there's a little Oax- Oaxacan Mexican place. Yeah. Or, you know, um, uh, a beery place. Or, I mean, it's just, like, it, everything, and it's all in one small little area. Mm-hmm. And so me and my friends have gone in before and ordered one from four different places and then just sat down and ate. That's awesome. And it's, it's so great. So, yeah. I mean, like... Uh, that's that's my thing. That's I I cool. know what I'm gonna eat right after this though. Oh go, what? I'm gonna go to Best Baguette.
0: Oh it's man!
1: Every t- every time I'm in this little neighborhood, yes. it's our Best Baguette. Yes. You know, it's uh In my opinion, it's probably the best sandwich in Portland just because of the price range and yes. and the bread itself is absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, I love Best Baguette. Oh, yeah. I feel very lucky to live <laughs> <laughs> right near
1: one. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs>
0: We've got a lot of really great <clears throat> spots right around here. Oh man,
1: you know the food cart part, like I know. like five or six blocks from here which is amazing yeah you know there's like multiple Mm -hmm. there's a
0: food cart pod just right over on the other side of powell right over on the other side of 82nd there's eastport plaza Uh uh-huh yeah food center or whatever and then cartopia yeah
1: it's you're you're right in the little mecca i mean you're in actually where you're located is in a really good culinary zone yeah Uh, i agree it's so so good one place i want to try really soon is my brother's crawfish
0: (gasps) i just went there how was it it was really really good
1: i've uh, i've only heard rave reviews about yeah. it i mean obviously i see it on instagram sure. and to see that they're slammed every single day and i'm just like yeah i'll enjoy it one day I man know. You're, you're, you're kicking ass I'll it's enjoy kind of it one intimidating
0: day. to yeah. like have to make it work but it was worth it, it oh was really, yeah really
1: good oh i bet i bet
0: yeah. at the end of our conversation i asked casper if there was anything that i hadn't covered and this was his response
1: um I I, I don't know. Be kind to people. Yeah, You know, like (laughs) everybody's going through stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you have no idea what's happening. Like you could look at somebody and they're smiling and you have no idea what demons they are fighting. Yeah. So it's one of those things So just I I want people to be kind to everybody. And I know Mm -hmm. that everybody says it and it's kind of. But if you actually think about it, like there's a point in time when you're having a bad day. And if somebody would have just smiled at you, probably would have changed everything about it. Mm -hmm. But you got a bad look when you're walking out of 7-Eleven after getting a Slurpee. I mean, then you're like, oh. No, it doesn't taste as good. (laughs) You know, that's not as good. Yeah, oh, that's true. And
0: of course, before I let Casper go, I really wanted to know the best ways that people can help Milk Crate Kitchen out. And he said the easiest way is to spread the word. So you can go to Milk Crate Kitchen PDX on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page. You can check them out on their website, milkcratekitchen.com, and share those stories, share that information, because you never know who's in need of a meal. If you're
1: also inclined to want to volunteer, you can always reach out to me on the website. Or if you want to donate, you can go to the website at milkcratekitchen.com. And you can see the links to donate through PayPal or Venmo. Um, And if I ever get the link tree up, then I might be able to get (laughs) t-shirts sold again. I don't know, you know, so I I, I feel
0: like that has to happen. We can make that happen. You know,
1: uh, I'm sure it'll come up at some point. So
0: that's great. Just so you know, it does look like Casper has gotten the milk crate kitchen link tree set up. And that is the link in their bio on their Instagram account. So you can check that out just by going to Instagram and searching at milk crate kitchen, PDX. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Just Food PDX, the podcast. It was a total blast talking to Casper. Um, he's a really cool guy and um, literally has zero time in his day to do this. So it was really cool that he he took an hour out of his day to come talk to me. Um, if you have any questions or, I don't know, you just want to reach out, feel free. My email, justfoodpdx at gmail.com. Um, Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, whatever you want to do. Do all the reviews, you know, share it with your friend. Um, Do you have any thoughts or suggestions? Feel free to just send them my way. I don't know. We're figuring this out together, you guys. that's pretty much it. Make sure you check out the show notes for all of the cool resources that we talked about in today's episode. And um, I think that that is all I need to say. Love you guys. See you next time.